Ah, oh, great. Now I've got to be all professional. That's not what I signed up for. Good morning, BHA. It is a podcast about barbershop recorded today. Richard Reeve in Queensland and there's Ash down in Perth. Two Australians talking about the greatest hobby on earth. Oh boy, it's swell to say. Good morning, BHA. Good morning, BHA. Welcome to 2020. Oh, Richard Reeve, how are you, sir? We're living in the future, aren't we, Ash Schofield? It's, a, it's amazing. It's a pleasure to be. It's a pleasure to be here. Welcome everyone to 2020. Um, this is a uh, barbershop podcast where we talk about all things barbershop in Australia with a quite the dollop of international, and that has special significance today. Um, but um, yes, it's nice to be living in the future. Nice to be alive in the future. Um, and Ash, we've got a special guest today, haven't we? We do. Oh, you Would you like to, to okay. introduce our guest? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting next to me in my new little apartment in Subiaco. In the, in the studio. In, in the, the studio, studio where sorry, all of us yeah. are. Yeah, we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have none other than uh, the musical director of the Baden Street Singers, music judge of BHA, uh, system musical director of, uh, what is it, Vocal Evolution. <laughs> What's my chorus called? <laughs> <laughs> and bass of the Resonances. And other things, <laughs> the rats, the rats, Nick Sherman, welcome, sir. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Nick just waved, so for, for yeah, a right. wave back into your promise, oh, sorry, just I'll sit totally still. <laughs> <laughs> just, just believe us. Uh, mate, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Um, this is something we've been uh, eyeing off for, for a little while, and, and it's uh, exciting to, to have it happen and quite appropriate for the uh, first podcast of 2020 to have uh, to have you on for with, with, with all of your hats, wearing all of your hats. Um, Glad to be here so representing the future. <laughs> representing and representing your hats. Um, mate, uh, so I guess just uh, most of our listeners will know who you are. But um, just introduce uh, your background to singing and background to barbershop to, uh, to, to people who may know you or may not. Sure. So I started singing in high school. I was in a bunch of different choirs at um, Churchland Senior High School. And the, I guess the elite choir for boys at Churchlands at the time was the barbershop group. So I just always wanted to be in that. And when I got into it at the end of 2005, I was super excited and then pretty quickly got along to Vocal Evolution rehearsal when I was about year 11. Uh, from there, I've just been like doubling down deeper and deeper into barbershop. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have a music degree in oboe performance, but most of my Don't music we all? time... Yeah. <laughs> 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 most of my music time is barbershop uh, at the moment. I'm obviously directing the Baden Street Singers and singing a couple of quartets and singing and uh, working with Ash in Vocal Evolution. Yeah, fantastic. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, who was it? In, an individual specifically who brought you along to VE? I probably should know this, but so the director of our um, high school ensemble was Harry Owen. Yeah, right, Harry. Okay. Yeah, baritone of the what was it nineteen ninety nine Australian champs? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Southern Cross was ninety nine. Yeah, right. yeah, four <laughs> to the bar. Yeah. And just just ask ask Dan Milgate whether he was nineteen ninety five champ. If you want to get if if you want to get him angry, that was the year that that was the year that a current affair or something followed him round oh, in his yeah. cab because they were expected to win and then they lost. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, mate, uh, that's that's cool. Um, and um, so, tell us, uh, Baden Street Singers has made quite the splash, um, not a, for for a variety of reasons, uh, not only. Um, it's one of the relatively few mixed choruses in uh, in Australia, uh, but also you've had some great membership growth and some success stories, uh, high performances and excellent scores, some of which I have um, had the great pleasure of giving you well-deserved high scores. Um, and of course, uh, with the Everyone and Harmony thing coming about. So tell us a bit about Baden Street. Um, were you an inaugural member, how it started and how you became MD? Sure. So the group started in 2015. For several years uh, at national contests, Vocal Evolution had been sending along a youth chorus uh, to compete in the youth chorus contest. 
and basically we got to halfway through the year we we're trying to put together our youth chorus and we realized we weren't going to have enough members mm -hmm. but we realized that the youth contest allowed mixed groups so we had lots of friends who sung and weren't men and <laughs> we decided to invite them to come and sing with us and compete at the national contest at that year it was just in the youth contest in melbourne mm -hmm. um, yeah melbourne was 15. yeah um so that was obviously really successful. We had a great time over there, um, scored some unexpectedly high scores and just had a, had a wonderful time at the Just unpack, unpack that a little bit more for us. The, um, you, so you put the, the word out to basically people in your network anyway, friends and friends of friends, basically people, women who you, you knew loved singing. Um, and, and so what was the the feeling that the preparation for for melbourne as a mixed chorus you didn't really have much of a, a benchmark pardon the pun so you just went along and to be musical basically yeah that's basically it obviously a number of members of the group had been in barbershop for a long time our vocal evolution members had been singing with the group for a while and um i think leonel had been uh leonel pearson our inaugural director had been um directing v prior to that as well so yep. um we, we had a lot of barbershop experience and along with a couple of the women who joined us had also been in Sweet Adeline's groups but mostly it was people that we knew from other choirs who enjoyed singing um, high level choral stuff um, and then we picked music that would be fun for them to sing basically. Mm. Did you have Out of that. Town as that one as well? I believe Straight we away. did, yes. Yeah, right off so, the bat, yeah. Um, <laughs> one interesting story is that <laughs> we uh, went to the Fairbridge Folk Festival uh, a few of us just went there and were watching performances and having a good time. And we met a group there called Koshol. They're from Melbourne. They're uh, uh, like a women's harmony group, four of them. And they sing, uh, I guess, folk tunes, uh, a bunch of different folk stuff. They're a wonderful, wonderful group. And a couple of their members um, were already big fans of Barbershop. So we sung some tags with them and said, hey, um, basically became friends. And then later when we realized that we were going to be in Melbourne where they live. We invited them to come and sing with us. So we <laughs> nice. had a couple of them join us on stage. Uh, and we also They lived had, in Melbourne? They did, yeah. Oh, and right. Luke Stevenson as well. <clears throat> um, yeah, th those were all done? horrifyingly talented musicians yeah. who sort of came in <laughs> horrifyingly on rehearsal and yeah, absolutely nailed it on stage. Yeah. So that was part of the reason that we did so well. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, so many things to unpack from that. It's uh, it's one of the um, uh, uh, constant uh, sort of umbrella components of, of barbershop that you get the man in the street or the woman in the street, as as well as horrifyingly talented musicians uh, <laughs> and and everything and everything in between, as you say, um, mate. Um, so th th there may not be a simple answer to this, so we may just move on. But I'm interested. Um, uh, what was it like for you, Dash, the other blokes from VE, um, those first few days and weeks in the mixed chorus? Was it just fun but different or anything more you can unpack from that? I mean, look, most of us have been in SATB groups before. So we yeah, were right. used, like, socially used to singing with women. Mm. Um, yep. And to be honest, at that stage, the music that we were singing was largely slightly transposed male songs. And we had yep. a lot of women in the group who could sing resonantly very low and these these sorts of fantastic almost freak voices were able to make it very hard sorry very easy for us to start doing yeah mixed okay. barbershop without cool. having specialized music yeah so what happened when you got back from melbourne you must have come back pretty chuffed and it just seemed all success and and you you, you it sort of gave you a, a bounce of energy and uh like you, you were you a club then of your own i don't think so so when we got back from melbourne we were pretty excited and i'm trying to remember when we actually decided to become a club i think it was pretty quickly after melbourne and then we did uh, basically some busking around Christmas and maybe one or two gigs to try and raise money for the start of the group. <laughs> and then in January or February of 2016, the next year, we held auditions and kind of invited everyone who we thought would be interested to be part of the group. And I guess it's kind of grown from there. Yeah, it's uh, all of our 
the questions we can ask about in, in this topic and about Baden are um, very sort of chicken and egg. Not, not, none of them mm. necessarily go first or second. So in relation to the culture of Baden Street, um, you, you, you and Leo and others obviously had a vision for, uh, for uh, being musically ambitious. And uh, tell us how you... Was, was that fairly organic? Because it sounds like some of the friends you, you invited were high-level musicians anyway. Did it kind of just happen and and as the years have gone on have you had to really work hard to maintain that or has that been a fairly organic as well i think it's been pretty easy to um to keep our culture as aiming for high level music um because the people who join are the people who are interested in being part of a high level group and people who are interested in challenging themselves and improving themselves as singers which means that when we survey our membership and say, what sort of chorus are we? They say, a high level one who tries to get better <laughs> because that's what kind of people they are. Um, so that's really kind of built on itself, I think over the four or five years that we've been a group. And have you had any instances where people have been excited about what you do and come along and wanted to join, but not had the capacity to perform at a high level and you've had to go, this really isn't the group for you? Uh, we have a reasonably challenging audition process. It's basically you have a week to prepare a section of a song and then come in and sing that song in a quartet. So we have a number of auditionees who self-select out during that process and say, oh, this is actually really hard. Um, I'm going to get out while I can. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've had one or two actually we've had a few people who have come in and done the audition and we've basically said it doesn't feel like you're comfortable doing this yet here are some other choirs that you can go and sing with and if you want to come back and audition in a couple of years then we'd love to see you again um what's the what's the what's their reaction to that being quite understanding do they know yeah. they've been out of their depth yeah that's it if you're singing in a quartet and you aren't able to um i guess figure out where you are figure out where your pitch is then that's a confronting and scary experience and I think they everyone who that's happened to in our auditions have kind of felt that. Just singing in a quartet for many people is a scary and confronting experience regardless mm. of anything else. Yeah. Um, mate, that's really interesting. Um, were you involved with, with Leo in, in setting that original audition? Just So what you're saying is you've got a week to prepare a section of a song and so yeah. what, what what learning materials we, we, we am i given as an auditioning member for that we basically just put out the sheet music um the i guess the idea is that we want the audition to test the skills that someone's going to use in the group and learning music mm -hmm. outside of rehearsal is one of those skills and yeah. if someone who's friends with one of us who joins the group and asks us to help them go through the audition excerpt, that's fine, because we're a resource in their life that they can use while they're preparing music at home when they're actually in the group. Um, or if someone wants to look up a YouTube recording, we've, we've included links to YouTube recordings of the songs that we've done for auditions before. Uh, we don't necessarily yeah. do it every time because they're not necessarily available every time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's basically we're testing whether someone has the resources in their life, whether skills or people to talk to or um, whatever, whatever they need to be able to learn music outside of rehearsal and to be able to hold their own part. And once you can do those things, you're welcome in the group. We also have, um, if someone auditions and they're not quite of the standard, but we can see that if they actually sung with the group, they'd reach that standard very quickly we'll generally offer them a trial period and say here yeah, you're going to sing with the group for four weeks at rehearsals and then your section leader is going to listen to you during that and check that you're fitting in and as long as you are you can stay in the group and are you able to i think this is completely fascinating because it really gets to the core of what so many groups around australia struggle with just sort of how to define their audition process mm who to target as potential members, how easy or difficult um, to make it. You know, one of the biggest strengths and biggest weaknesses of Barbershop is that we, you know, we try to be so welcoming to everyone. Suddenly we've got a whole bunch of people who may not actually share the musical goals of the chorus. Um, so I think, I think that the, uh, being really particular about making sure the people who join have the, have the musical ability and musical um, vision. And I, I think what you, you mentioned there about if they want to, if they want to make it a success, they'll find the resources in their life to help them make it happen. I think that's really interesting. 
Uh, I, I can't sight read, but I know someone who can, and I really want to be in this group, so I'll get them to help me do it. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, or um, or listen to the recording of we we did. Um Let's do it. Arranged by John Brockman, which uh, there's a YouTube version of the Crush doing it. Um, we included that link, or include a link to the current one, which is maybe I shouldn't tell you what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, it's, That's it's right, also I'm, I'm kind of easy to easier mm. to learn apart if you can see what the whole song sounds like yeah. and to sing yeah. along with a group singing. And why did you choose a section of the song rather than a whole song? Well, the whole song is a lot to learn in a week and I'm not okay. like we we don't ask members to learn a whole song in a week we say here's a third of the song we're going to be singing it next week make sure that you're ready with the notes or that, I think that's yeah that's again it. that's completely fascinating what a great idea rather than saying you've got three weeks to learn a whole song you've got a week to learn a third of a song mm-hmm. Which, that's brilliant yeah. I was about to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's the same with memorization, right? You say, this week we're memorized from this bar to this bar. Yeah. Um, jump up on the risers and do it without your music. And some mm-hmm. people get up and make a few mistakes and then have to pull out their music between goes. But it's such a difference to people trying to rely on their music for yeah. week after week after week. Is that, and is that t- um, continued through the life of Baden as well? Like, they pretty much... Yeah, the, that, the audition's been pretty much exactly the same yeah. um, for all that time. There's an optional solo song, there's a range test, um, but the meat of the audition is that segment yeah. of um, barbershop or something similar. Um, and has that like audition culture sort of continued on with the, so like, you know, that learning something in a week or whatever that yeah. continues on? Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same. and. Uh, I think we re-auditioned the whole chorus maybe once or twice at the very start of our life. We don't feel like we need to do it right now because we're happy with the performance of our members, but we're open to re-auditioning again in the future. It's just, yeah, it's mostly a cultural thing, right? If people are working hard, then you don't need to give them a reason to. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing that I say to my students. Like, there are A and B exams. You can do an exam if you want. The exam is a great reason to make you practice. But if you're practicing anyway, I don't need you to do an exam. Yeah, in my experience, having an exam or an Stedford um, is, isn't going to guarantee that you practice and get on top of your material. <laughs> people, like, people I know who may or may not be me who have done, done a Stedfords in the past uh, of, of, <coughs> of, um, of songs in another language. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily entirely pretty. So um, <laughs> You could come second out of... One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you achieve would, the uh, that, required score that would from never metal? happen. <laughs> it's not one of my favourite stories at all. <laughs> it is one of your favourite stories <laughs> of all time. You always like introducing that, um, mate. Um, so, so many other things to talk about. But um, uh, just to clarify, you were involved in Baden from day one, yeah? Yes, that's right. Okay, and so tell us about the transition uh, between Leo and you as MD. Mm. So Leo has been doing an engineering job for several years and he always knew that as part of that job he might be required to move out of Perth. And that happened last year. He, his job asked him to move up to Karatha for a year and he was like, I can't direct the chorus from Karatha so we need someone else to do it. Um, and we had a number of people express interest in the position and it ended up being me that got it. So was there an audition process for the MD or a selection process? Um, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't involved in the selection process. Obviously, that makes sense. <laughs> um, uh, but there wasn't really a formal. Um, there wasn't a formal like application process as we've seen in the past. So, so the people who. The personal people who made the decision knew you and the other people who expressed interest and, and yeah. chose you for, for their reasons. In their opinion, you were the best for the chorus. Simple yeah. as that. And I think okay. they possibly um, approached various other directors as well and said, is this something that you're interested in doing? But it was uh, because I was the assistant director for the rest of the time that Baden had existed. It was a pretty smooth transition, I think, yeah. which was kind yeah. of why That's they quite- asked me to do it quite sensible yeah it didn't approach me but anyway whatever um so <laughs> i mean if you want to move to perth and join <laughs> yeah you're, you're welcome to move to perth so um mate <laughs> <laughs> and, or, and audition 
<laughs> and spend the rest of your life learning your third of a song. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so much more to talk about. Um, tell us about, so 2017 Pan Packs, uh, well, I mean, how, many 15, how many of the last five conventions have you been to most? Everyone. All of them, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, excellent. Um, I happen to remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, Panpax 2017 in Sydney. You you did um, uh, the way you look tonight and a, a, a original song. Is that correct? Um, 2017 was. I think this might have been the year that we did one of my arrangements. Um, yep. Got to be this or that. Mm-hmm. That's it. The way that um, so- the way that this worked was earlier in the year we'd selected two songs and sung them. I think for Western Region we were singing. The way you look tonight, and uh, spend my life with you—the instant classic. Pretty, one. Oh, yeah. but it just—it sat so low for our leads, okay. like do 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 the do, which was like a low E flat or something, was really uncomfortable for them, and we couldn't put it higher because the bass solo was so high. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Lionel had a couple of people say to him that this is just really hard, and at the same time, I just finished doing this arrangement, so I kind of slid it his way and said, okay, if we do this, and he was very happy to. Did you know that it was going to be really suitable for the chorus? Because in my opinion, it was brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, I um, I had been deliberately arranging it for a mixed group. Not necessarily the Baden Street Singers, but any mixed group, and it just ended up that it was a convenient one for us to sing. Yeah, cool. It... it um, <clears throat> hypothetically if you were being interviewed by two people who weren't fluent music readers um <laughs> how would you ex- how would you explain to our listeners i'm thinking about listeners primarily how would you explain to our listeners um the difference between arranging for a men's group and a mixed group uh, that, that you arranged this for, for thinking of a mixed group sure so gotta be this or that is a bit of a special case so we might come back to that but generally i think arranging for a mixed group it's really important to write in a range where everyone is comfortable. Mm. And that's true for arranging for any group, but in a mixed group, those ranges are kind of more spread out than they might be in a traditional men's or women's barbershop group. Um, So we actually already have a model for what ranges work well for adult voices in a mixed men's and women's choir. It's called SATB, Soprano, Alto, Tenor, Bass. And there are tons of choirs that exist like this, and they have defined ranges. And to be honest... Okay. You go? Yeah. So just on that, so um, it's not the case that you have the men's range and you add a women's range, whether that be an octave or whatever else. SATB, would it be narrower than that? There's a combination of the notes that men and women together can physically sing, as well as the range within which four parts in SABT work harmonically musically, yeah? Sorry, you're, you're checking that men's and women's voices overlap? No, what I'm checking is when, when you say there's there's an agreed range in SATB about what works in harmony... Right, um, it's not is, necessarily that, about work, what works in harmony, it's about what yeah. works for a majority of voices. So sure. Generally, SATB music wants to be reasonably inclusive and include people who can't sing a million ledger lines above the stage mm-hmm. and people who can't sing really, really dangerously low. Um, so, so, so generally speaking, SATB for a bass bottoms out at, a, at an E or F rather than a B or C. F, yeah. that... Officially F. Um, hey, gonna... I can sing bass. <laughs> and, and, it, and it goes up to <laughs> C, which is middle C. Okay. Mm-hmm. The tenor starts at the C below middle C and goes up to the F or G above middle C. The alto starts at the F below middle C and goes up to the C above middle C. And the soprano starts at middle C and goes up to G an octave and a half above that. Women's ranges are generally bigger than that. Men's ranges are generally bigger than that, um, especially as they become more trained singers. But these are the most comfortable and the most resonant parts of their ranges. Um, For me, arranging for SATB, sorry, arranging for mixed barbershop, it's mm-hmm. really important that all of the parts are kind of in the same tessitura at once. So what I mean by tessitura is where you are in your voice. Mm-hmm. So even though Ash is a high singer and I'm a low singer, me singing low in my voice sounds the same as him singing low in his voice, even though it's not on the same note. Right. So 
in barbershop, we use tessitura really well. Um, when everyone's high, it's loud. When everyone's low, it's soft. And tessitura kind of, tessitura tends to kind of spell out the dynamic of our music, the louds and softs of our music, uh, and the phrasing of our music. And that's something that many of our singers don't notice, but mm. our cleverest arrangers use it uh, strategically all the time. And basically, when I'm arranging for mixed groups, I just want to do exactly the same thing. So, mm. if if my bass is a medium low, then I want my leads to be medium low, my baritones to be medium low, or my tenors, which are choral sopranos, to be medium low. Mm -hmm. um, it also in men's barbershop or women's barbershop we see the lead and baritone cross a great deal when we have our alto voices and our tenor boss voices crossing a great deal that's a problem because our altos are very low and our tenors are very high yeah. so we don't get as well blended a sound when that happens so yeah, interesting. what i found happens more often in mixed barbershop is that the tenor and lead cross a little bit more or oh, we have tenor yeah, melody yeah. a little more often. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And now, and I'm, I'm a music judge. Uh, we like to hear the voice, we like to hear the melody in the inner parts, which means that we've got a problem if the tenor has the melody too often. So often we mm -hmm. give the melody instead to the baritone. So it's the, Yay! It's, yeah, it's the same as having lead melody <laughs> harmonically, because the melody's in an inner part. But we can make a bigger contrast between female lead and male baritone than we can between male lead and male baritone. You learn things when you talk to Nick Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> there are lots of really interesting things you can do with mixed arrangements and I don't think it's by any means solved right now. I think there are lots of theories about it and we're only going to find out in 10 years like what the best ones are and the way to do that is by lots of people doing mixed arrangements and not just thinking of mixed as something that you can transpose a men's mm. or a women's arrangement for you want to arrange to suit the group that's singing it and yeah. that's true in men's and women's as well but financially it can kind of be hard to do sometimes which is fair yeah so just to clarify for our listeners um arguably the number one difference between satb and barbershop is that in satb that the melody tends to be in the soprano line or the top line and as you were saying in barbershop the melody is second from the top line is that the main thing would there be other things in sort of with that for our lay audience to explain the difference or is that sort of the overwhelming of the main one barbershop has a lot of stylistic things that it really likes to do that we don't see as mm -hmm. often in satb so barbershop wants to have yep. the melody in the middle parts um yep. satb when everyone's singing together, it tends to be soprano melody, but we hear a lot of tenor melody and a lot of alto melody as well. Some bass melody, not as much. It's not as predominant as we hear in Barbershop. Mm. Um, there are also Barbershoppers love to sing the same words and notes at the same time. You pointed out swipes. Yes, we love to do swipes. We love to do lots of different sorts of embellishment. And we don't see these singing things the nearly as much in SATV groups. Singing the same you said uh, notes and words at the same time is that homophonic sound is that what that means uh yes depending on who you ask we can also call it right, homorhythmic I'm, I'm asking you <laughs> <laughs> um look wikipedia says that that that's homophonic um but for me i like to be clear and i say homorhythmic because some people don't agree with wikipedia homorhythmic <laughs> oh, means that everyone's singing they? the same rhythms mm -hmm. who do they think they are yeah cool Barbershop okay, also so loves everyone singing lyrics and doesn't care very much for non-lyric sounds. Um, yeah, okay. And yeah. SATB is a lot more pluralist in that. It can do lots of different things. Interesting. Yeah. But it's hard to think of SATB as a style. Like, SATB is a vehicle that you can apply to a bunch of different styles, and Barbershop is a style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. That occurred to me just the other just the other day. Um, that almost every genre of music you can think of, you know, rock and roll, um, country, um, uh, musical theatre, like songs are written in that style. Whereas Barbershop, and it sounds like SATV, takes an existing song most of the time and simply performs it in that style. So is that the difference between a style and a genre? Or should I just look up Wikipedia? <laughs> look, I can't answer that question. I think um, uh, I'm not prepared to answer that. But um, <laughs> not the I, first, not the last time you'll say that I, on this I podcast. Didn't, I didn't even understand the question, so good. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think that Barbershop performs a lot of songs in the Barbershop style. It also performs songs in their already existing style, and that's the same mm-hmm. with SATB. You'll often hear, mm. I guess, classically trained or Western art music SATB arrangers will put a pop song or put a song from a certain style into closer closer to a classical choral style. You could call classical choral a style that uses the SATB vehicle, I guess. Yeah. Goodness me. <laughs> so many, we got we got genres, we've got styles, we've got vehicles. Goodness me, we've got, we got yeah, jargon. I just made that up, roll. so... <laughs> <laughs> And we wouldn't even have known had you not said so. Um, Mate, um, yeah, that's right. If I'm distracted, it's because I'm looking at Wikipedia. (laughs) Mate, um, so, uh, yeah, so tell us um, uh, the last few years, and, uh, you know, if you can, I guess, summarise from from two perspectives your your time as MD. One, I'd love to hear just your experience as the MD, because, you know, I know it's a it's a huge responsibility but it's very rewarding as well um and uh, summarize the baden journey in uh, over the past uh, three or so years that you've been md i've been md for one year and about a week is that all yeah right. yeah Lionel as i said MD. so summarize the last year or so <laughs> <laughs> um okay so personally i love directing this group it's a really challenging Thing to do because I have such a high expectation of what I do. The, um, the group is full of wonderful musicians and people who put so much time into the group, into their personal performance, into the social relationships that they've formed in the group. I need to take everything that I do in this group seriously. Mm-hmm. So for example, when I arrange for the Baden Street Singers, I will, particularly for Barbershop Contest, seek the opinions of many US music judges on like how can I make this arrangement the best arrangement that it can be so that yeah, I'm cool. not wasting the time of the singers in the group? And I think that's generally my experience of being MD, that I'm working really hard on myself to try and make sure that I give everyone the best experience possible. Um, our focus in the last year, I guess from a leadership perspective, has really been on culture and making sure that we've got a culture that's focused in rehearsals, that is really open, inviting, and makes everyone comfortable to express themselves. Uh, And that allows people to get their own minds out of the way in performance and in rehearsal. Uh, And also just to, I guess, have a social culture that people really want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's mostly a social focus more than it's a musical focus. Completely fascinating. Um, unpack some of that for me, if you would, um, uh, 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 with you know some examples. Uh, um, you, I'm trying to think of the words you actually used, but I was listening to intently to the content to remember the words you used. Okay, but so, yeah, just just so an example, just unpack your culture, if you would. Yeah, with examples. Yep. Yep. So an example is um, we often invite members out the front to give feedback to the group or to listen to the group. Um, to contribute in some way to the musical plan and everyone's musical ideas are always valued and the way that um, we accept those ideas from out the front is really important Um, and it's just making people feel like the things that they do are legitimate and they're not just a vehicle for my interpretation or my you know huge musicality or whatever i'm here to just make sure that everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction and everyone is leading musically themselves. Um, socially, we do a lot of things. Like we have a regular, um, after after every rehearsal, probably now like 16 plus of us go and get noodles, just get dinner together and mm, chat and have noodles. a good time. We have a uh, monthly potluck dinner where everyone brings in food and just sits around and has a chat. We, um, what else? There's, there's absolutely tons of stuff that we do. Our section leaders are super active. Our section leaders, um, see it as their role, not just to make sure that everyone knows their notes, but to support people, to allow them to be the best singers that they can be. So a lot of what our section leaders do is chat to people and make sure that they're feeling okay and make sure that they're, um, uh, they're feeling comfortable with the music. It's so and massive, like, isn't it? It's not, 
not just about the, just you know the music and the notes and words. It's yeah, it's how you're going as a human being, being part of this group and mm -hmm. and, yeah. and being part of this music. Um, just very quickly, um, uh, um, I assume all of your bases are men. Yep. And um, then you're, you're, then it's mixed throughout the other three parts? Yeah, so the way we're naming our parts at the moment is bass, baritone, alto, soprano. Um, okay. We've got all men on bass, we've got men and... We've got all genders on baritone, and then I think we've just got women on soprano and alto. Uh, and that's just because we've had some um, female voices who have auditioned and had really resonant low registers and could sing choral tenor and are used to singing choral tenor so we say okay join that part mm -hmm. um, we'd love to have you because it's harder to find men than it is to find women yeah so do you have you've got a bunch of your melody both on soprano and alto you've got all, you've got your barbershop melody on alto yeah and sometimes you've got SATB melody on soprano yeah all of our singers can sing melody just depends on the song. Well, indeed. Well, well put, um, <laughs> mate. Mate, um, so I know that you're uh, personally passionate about everyone in harmony and and the role of BHA uh, embracing that and and uh, you know it's I, I infer it's important to Baden Street. So yeah, just just um, give you a bit of a blank check, I guess, to chat about everyone in harmony from your perspective and and from Baden's perspective. All right, this this is a lot. There's a lot that goes on I was going to say, um, we've been talking for a while. You so have, so you have three minutes. <laughs> so from, <laughs> okay, I'll talk really fast. <laughs> so from Baden's perspective, we have a lot of members of our group who can't be members of BHA right now. And socially, that's a big problem for us. Because they say to us, like, why should we be part of an organization that doesn't want to treat us the same way as they treat their other members. And that's the biggest reason that I've been such an advocate of everyone in harmony or whatever we're calling it in Australia, uh, because I want to support my friends and I want to support the members of my group through that so that they feel good, so that they feel like they're welcome in our community. And certainly I've had a lot of people in the group, especially new members who don't understand the history of BHA, mm. say things like, I can't understand how this is the way it is in the current year. Um, perhaps not understanding the history of BHA as a men's group um, that is just starting to open its doors to other genders to mm. even like be present. Mm. Um, maybe the next thing to talk about is the US everyone in harmony. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, do you, do we want to go through like exactly what's happened kind of so far in that or are your listeners kind of up to date on this? I would think our listeners somewhat are. Ash, do you want to sort of summarise that? Certainly, um, the, the, you know, uh, 2021 in Cleveland is the first year that um, uh, uh, it will be opened up to other, uh, to, to, to more categories um, and, mm -hmm. and BHS is, is going through a process there. Ash, did you want to, okay, summarising what's going on let me have a little look see here well as you're having a look certainly it's recently been announced that um, from 2021 there'll be three parallel competitions at BHS International um, in the quartet uh, both chorus and quartet um, and uh, probably in chorus but certainly quartet there will be up to five medalist quartets uh, in each of the three um, categories, uh, men's, women's and mixed. Um, I, I get the impression that BHS really wanted to keep the history of the men's champion quartet uh, in BHS and so that's that's probably why they decided not to just go now everyone in harmony and the best group on the day is the champion quartet uh, plus is you know the, the what what their members want. Um, Ash, you got some thoughts now? No. So on that, <laughs> so on that, uh, that's actually the result of a survey that yeah. BHS put out last year, where they put out yeah. three possible contest models, and yeah. then they asked mm -hmm. their members to give their feedback on what that was. And the membership overwhelmingly voted in the US for the model which had 
five medals per category so that we wouldn't lose any men's medalists. Yeah. Now, what I found really interesting about that was that there were two other, um, other options that BHS put out, and they both included an overall champion group, mm -hmm. but neither of them included five men's medals. Mm -hmm. And I think people were just worried about losing that. Anyway, what was interesting about that was if you looked in the survey feedback, you could see that um, you could see the responses from non-BHS members, so from affiliate groups and from Sweet Adelines, were actually yeah. in favour of having an overall champion. They voted more for the group, more for the options with overall champions, than for the ones without an overall champion. I found that very interesting because uh, affiliate groups like BHA, like BHNZ, like um, British Association of Barbershop Singers, like Snopes, they've all had mixed competitions in the past and they understand what it looks like when one of those groups scores higher than the men's winner but isn't crowned the overall champion. Um, but this is all speculation on my part anyway, but I think it's very interesting that <laughs> um, if the BHS voted 70-75% for um, no overall champion, but people who have seen what not only having a men's contest looked like voted for having an overall champion yeah. perhaps we're heading towards an overall champion group in the future with bhs yeah i definitely think so i think you make a really good point and that it's it's a bit of a um a chicken and egg situation um where it, it, as you just alluded to it's difficult to choose which is the best long-term model before your trials and models so people are making a decision on their current knowledge yeah. about you know history of a men's organization where i want a men's champion um so it'll, it'll i think everyone will be really fascinating and i think some people have referred to may have been one of you two learned gentlemen referred to um the for, you know from 2021 for a few years being the asterisk years <laughs> yeah. perhaps oh, yeah. that was a comment on the internet wasn't it <laughs> yeah. um, oh internets um, yeah i mean from a, on a personal note i really hope that that's where we end up that we end up with an overall contest and probably no divisions and really for me the reason that i want to see that is because number one it's a music competition there's not an inherent advantage to being a men's group or a women's group or a mixed group. Um, so I don't see why they need to be separate categories because no one's inherently advantaged or disadvantaged, mm. unlike a youth contest or a seniors contest where those groups might have a disadvantage due to lack of experience or due to um, uh, age showing an effect on their mm -hmm. vocal mechanism. Their vocal quality, yeah. Yeah, so I, the real reason though is Barbershop organizations shouldn't have to police someone's gender. Yeah. And there, as long as there are multiple categories, someone's going to be open to allegations of, oh, you're not a real ex, or, you know, you, you went, you entered the wrong category because you thought you'd have a better chance of winning there. And I just don't think that that's something we should open ourselves to. I think we yeah. should just have a clean five medal, um, contest for everyone. I think it's an interesting point you make where where it's yeah, yeah, genuinely open and so there is no discussion of gender, it's just four people seen. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it, and that's yeah. much more inclusive of our members who aren't necessarily male or female. That yeah. they don't have to lie about what their gender is in order to get included in the appropriate contest. Interesting to see whether you need to specify your gender to be in a mixed quartet. I guess a mixed quartet is not all the same gender, so mm, maybe yeah. you do have to. Yeah, at at it, least in you... the BHS model, we might come up with a yeah. different model in BHA, um, but yeah. that's kind of dependent on what our members say. So, by the sounds of it, um, you'll clearly be in in the the current um, feedback process that BHA has announced. You, you'll clearly be advocating for one competition of everyone in harmony uh one chorus competition and one quartet competition yeah i don't think we'll have Sorry. quartets yeah. and choruses in the same competition uh, <laughs> i'll, I'll yes, definitely yes. be advocating for that because i am um, yeah that that's just what i think is the simplest answer and yeah. as much as i love the history that we have uh, of um of having men's competitions i don't think that it's going to be undermined by allowing more people to compete in those competitions in fact, it's yeah. just—it's going to be a more meaningful win if there was more competition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mate, um, 
it's not your job to justify anything so I'm just interested in your opinion on, on this one naturally um, there's an argument where and I think a strong argument that a women's organization has great value for women bonding and a men's organization has great value for men hanging out and being in a really positive space um, your, 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 your response to that argument I don't disagree I think that mm-hmm. men's organizations are totally fine I don't mm-hmm. think that our organization needs to be that and I would rather that our organization be a music organization and a community organization rather than a men's organization because it yeah, can right. serve more people that way and it can do more for barbershop that way. So if you want to be in a men's organization, there are any range of men's organizations you can be a part of and that's awesome. Go and be part of them. Yeah. If you want to be a music if you want to be part of a musical organization, come and join this one. Hmm. Yeah. And he, and yeah, okay. I think on the the uh, larger like the international national level that doesn't matter so much if if it's like a male or a female thing. It's it's where do you spend the most of the time every week? That's that's the point. Like once a year, you can still hang out with exactly who you want to hang out with. But like week to week, that's your group. So is yeah. that all guys? Is that whoever you know? So that's the yeah. you know. What, yeah, what I, I love being in yeah. my mixed group, but I also love being in my men's group. Hmm. And yeah, they're they're different groups, but I'm in both of them for a reason, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's a good point. We can, we can do the everyone in harmony. But as you say, Ash, for for fifty one of the fifty two weeks, or you know, with regionals, fifty of the fifty two weeks, mm. we're uh, we're with our our group of choice, yep. and then we go and we go to a convention with uh, with more people. Um, so uh, tell me, as Ash, as my learned colleague Ash knows, uh, and Nick, having listened to every one of the previous episodes <laughs> of Good Morning BHA, you you also know. Um, I, I love. I'm, I'm passionate about how we set goals for ourselves and how we measure success. So um, whether you talk about um, uh, metal colors, scores, or musical experience, or anything else you want, um, how do you discuss that in Baden Street? We certainly don't talk about medals or about winning, Mm -hmm. very little about scores, because I think that these are things that we can't really control. What we can control is if we go out and we have an amazing musical experience ourselves and we create an amazing musical experience for the audience. And I think a lot of groups will tell you that it's all about the audience and I don't really believe in that. I think that the reason that the members come to our rehearsal every week is because they want to have an amazing experience every week. And it's it's about them as much as it's about the audience. And the being on stage is for you as much as it's for the people you're performing for. I'm really glad you mentioned that because there's so many people, um, and you know, BHA and BHS has many groups have definitely fallen into this trap of, of, of flogging two horses to death in, in trying to um, reach a certain goal at, at convention and, uh, and really squeeze the fun out of it themselves. Um, so, yeah, so talk to us about your, your rehearsals and how you design them to be uh, be enjoyable and challenging and fun so there are a lot of things that we do the big thing is that I want it to be different every week mm-hmm. I, I want something interesting and exciting that if they if a member misses rehearsal they're like what did I miss <laughs> what did I miss this nice. week that was different to what Adrian I Adrian Gimple would like that yes yeah yeah um the the big thing that we do that our members really love and that we do a lot of is small group work. So mm-hmm. we'll split depending on how many people there are, maybe into three to five different groups. And then it'll either be everyone go out, prepare a song, do something interesting with it, come back and show us all. Or it'll be we're all going to prepare this section of this song or a section of this song. How do we interpret it? What do we do to make it interesting? Um, and then it feels like everyone has a chance to have a voice in rehearsal. Because if all of our 40 members put up their hand and wanted to add something to rehearsal, we just wouldn't have time to, <laughs> time to do it, right? But if they're in a group of eight people, maybe everyone has a chance to say a little mm-hmm. thing. Maybe, we're on, maybe everyone has a chance to demonstrate something in their performance that other people want to do. And then... I just find that the chorus comes back from that so energized and so excited and with so many good ideas. 
it's good doing your that's work. That's amazing. Well. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll take that. That sounds good. Yes, I see what you want to do. <laughs> so it. let's put that in there, you know. Like, we we did a easier. workshop last year with uh, an acting coach, a director called Steph. I don't remember what her last name was. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a wonderful coach. Uh, but one of the things that she said was, as a director, as a as an acting director, I'm looking for options. I'm not looking for obedience. I'm looking for options. Give me something wow. to say, yes, that's great. Or I change it this way, but it's good. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, and. How good is that? Yeah. It, yeah. Isn't that so exciting that you can go to a chorus rehearsal and just be one of however many members on the risers, but still be contributing good ideas to the group without having to mm. say anything? I think that's so exciting. That's cool. That's that, very cool. That every, every singer is a musician. Every singer isn't a director-controlled robot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love the active versus passive nature of that. No, that's really where, like, before Rich, you know, the performance category that really speaks in our language right there of getting everyone in, giving their version of what they're seeing and feeling and putting that across. It's good stuff. Yeah. And then Absolutely. all I'm doing is making sure everyone's pulling in kind of the same direction. Yeah. So, so tell us about your year, um, as you're probably aware. Um, Festival Statesman in Adelaide under uh, Jonathan Bly. Take more of a project approach, and you know, do this show, and then we do this thing. Um, you, you know, Pan Pax is clearly on your radar, and I, I'm sure you're excited by that. Um, tell us about how you, as 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 a a, a, a chorus, um, how you look at your year, and 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 what the highlights are for you. Sure. What do you work towards. So we previously had a season model where we'd set up at the start of the year here's season number one which results in this content uh, this concert which we're doing then season number two which results in our barbershop contest and then season number three which results in this christmas show and they all have different repertoire and we intensively learn all that repertoire during that time and then uh basically if people don't want to be part of the next one they can leave and new people can come and join for like something that they want to be part of and we just found that it wasn't making people want to stay in the group. So we made the decision to go to a year-round model where we have a year-round repertoire that songs come in and push old songs out. The way we, I guess, kind of structure the year is around big performances. So big things that we do normally are Denmark Festival of Voice, which is mm-hmm. at sort of in is it the end of May. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. End of May, start of June. And, and, and for people who aren't from WA, that's not an international trip. They're talking about Denmark. <laughs> no. Denmark is a town south of Perth. It's, it's about a four or five drive, four or five <laughs> hour drive out of Perth. Um, and then there's another one in Dunsborough later in the year. We go to both of those and just basically make a weekend out of it, do a bunch of performances, cool. put on some workshops, and yep. just hang out and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. That sort of stuff's really good. We also aim for the BHA convention and do a barbershop contest set there. Uh, which means that currently Western Region has to be something that we care about as well. In yep. WA, um, men's groups don't need to qualify for the international, uh, sorry, for the national contest. Um, yeah. At at regional, men's choruses don't, but mixed choruses do. Uh, and oh, this is another thing go. that, yeah, this is another thing that uh, was. I'm not going to speculate on how it was introduced, but <laughs> I, I think that in the future we're not going to have that. I think. In, a, in an ideal future, we don't require choruses to qualify for the national contest because we want them to be there. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. want to have barriers yeah. to choruses competing at the national contest. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so that means Western region, that means national contest, national festival are things that we care about. And then we'll also put on two to three kind of big concerts of our own during the year. So this year we're putting on one in a few weeks time uh, called underneath the stars it's in the planetarium which is attached to Cytec, the largest uh, largest planetarium in the southern hemisphere there you go. it's going to be awesome cool. it's so cool we're doing three shows on one night and there's i guess you learn a bit about the stars and you see some really like really cool light shows going on uh in celestial themed music that'll be very cool yeah i'm really looking forward to it um and then we'll have did you say three shows in one night yeah, yeah, because they're going to be probably 45 minutes long. So I think okay. there's one at 5.30, one at 7, there one at 8.30. <laughs> okay. um, also, if you live in Perth, there's going to be a bar. Ah. Ah, now you have our attention. <laughs> yeah. 
fly over. Um, That's awesome, man. So you've got, yeah, and so um, you've got, yeah, but just enough, um, you know, performances and, and key priorities for the year to make it challenging uh, without wanting to overwhelm the guys. Obviously, that's it, that you balance. Yeah, yeah. We've certainly had problems at the BHA festival time of year before because it kind of coincides with a lot of, I guess, choral performances mm -hmm. in Perth or choral like days singing in the city, etc., where there are Australia, West Australian organizations that would love us to be there. But if we're requiring like our members to go away for a week and also to give up three or four weekends either side of it, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so it's the same with if we ever do weekend stuff, we try and not put it at a time when we're doing something every week anyway. Um, it's not, we've not been perfect at maintaining the balance, but I think we've got a pretty good idea of where it is now. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I think it's <clears throat> uh, challenging, but certainly achievable to, to find that balance. Mate, uh, time is, is rapidly uh, uh, um, uh, evaporating. So we will just finish off a um, couple of things uh, I'd like to finish off with. Ash, anything you want to, you want to ask specifically before <laughs> I get to my last two questions? Um, no, just uh, maybe what the, the future holds for Baden at the moment. Yeah. Well, what are your, what's your little? Uh, we, where do you we see haven't Baden really, we haven't really done long-term planning at the moment. We've mm. done a lot of membership surveys talking about the vision of the group. Cool. So we've got a good idea of like what sort of repertoire we should be singing, etc. Um, for me, I really want to go to some international contests, and whether that's the Bing one in Germany or the uh, BHS international contest. I don't really mind. I'd like to go to either of those. What I really want our group to be doing is, I guess, being at the forefront of mixed harmony globally and making sure that people know that you can sing music that isn't just transposed and you can sing music successfully as a mixed group without just being ex-barbershoppers. Mm -hmm. Like the number of people in our group that were introduced to barbershop through the Baden Street Singers is... A vast majority of our course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're all converts and they all want to sing tags. And they, <laughs> yeah. It, it's honestly really great. I think I, I was doing the maths last night. We've got about 40 members and we've got something like 12 quartets. Wow. Within the group. <laughs> or 12 quartets that our um, yeah. members are members of. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's super exciting to me because we had like a couple last year <laughs> and they're just all building and building yeah, and building. That's awesome. Well, I wasn't going to ask this, but now I will as my second last question. Um, the, the, the role of quartets in chorus and what, what you've, if you can kind of summarize a few things here, what you've learned from quartetting that's made you a better chorus director or barbershopper? I feel like the most stuff I learned from quartetting is about my own voice. Um, and through the opportunity to get coaching as a quartet, and that gives me individual feedback and the opportunity to hear my voice by itself and not be part of a chorus sound. That is, that's the best stuff that I personally get from uh, quartet singing. I'm also getting voice lessons now for the first time in my life from Beth Hewitt, who's a wonderful teacher. And yeah, honestly, it's really, really good. I'm, it's another thing that I'm taking seriously as a director of the group that I want to be absolutely solid on my vocal technique teaching mm -hmm. so that I can number one demonstrate in a way that is exciting for members to hear but also teach people to use their voices in the healthiest possible way in the most resonant and most expressive possible way cool good answer you just keep giving good answers um mate um so my final question as you will know you will have been anticipating is um i know you discovered barbershop before the e but just as a reference point we'll take 2007 what would what would 2020 nick sherman tell 2007 nick sherman uh about barbershop and your role in barbershop and whatever you want uh honestly the biggest thing i would tell myself is don't sing like you play oboe <laughs> awesome <laughs> but that's so so what does that mean they're so different. Yeah. They are so different. So, so don't sing like this. <laughs> yeah. Oboe has a 
really small hole that you blow through. Yeah. And the air needs to go through really fast. So you're really employing your muscles really strongly to blow air through the instrument. Now, if you do that through your vocal folds, you get a horrifyingly bad sound. <laughs> and I've grown up throughout my whole life with choral directors saying, use more air, support better. And just that's, that's not correct at all. And the stuff that I've had a chance to learn from recent guest Rob Matz and from um, Steve Scott, mm. I, I would try and communicate that as much as possible to 2007 me because being able to sing efficiently and being able to sing comfortably and like understand what I need to do to be reliable as a singer, that's the thing that I've wanted um, throughout my whole life. As, um, as my learned colleague Ash Schofield would say, that is gold. Um, well, mate, thank you for your discussion. Uh, it's awesome to have had you on the podcast, and uh, and thank you for the music. You, you, you've you've grown rapidly from uh, from a little tyke uh, being new to barbershop uh, to to one of the leaders in the country. And thanks for your uh, your quartetting and your judging and your coaching and and uh, being a, a music director of a chorus that you put on any stage in the world. So um, thank yeah, you. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed having this chat. I think we'll talk to you again soon, everyone. Bye!